As we welcome Mr. Michael Hen- Hendricks. So remember, you have to be part of the conversation via WhatsApp at 0725671567. Your calls on 021-446-0567. Welcome, Michael Hendricks, Western Cape Head of the Electoral Commission of South Africa. Uh, good morning, Clarence, and morning to the listeners. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah, we, we're having a, a regular kind of focus on, mm. on, on elections, and it's good to touch base with you as we threaten yeah. regularly. We are registering contestation, and the polls are suggesting it's not going to be as clear-cut necessarily as it was in the past. Uh, and with such contestation at the polls, we imagine you know there's going to be some stresses that come to bear. People are going to work hard to uh, grow their constituencies at any cost. They're going to be reckless with their words. They're going to be putting people up against each other. Do we have any concerns on the security front? Um, thank you, Clarence. Yes. Look, there's sort of two aspects that, that I, I approach the issue of crime. The one, obviously, is election-related crime. And as you correctly indicated, that you know the contestants, and here I'm talking about candidates and political parties, there's a responsibility on them in terms of how they conduct that election. Um, every candidate, every party will be uh, made to sign a, a code of conduct, which obliges them to conduct themselves in a particular way to ensure that we have free and fair elections. But often we find a situation that candidates, as you said, they, 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 they make these derogatory uh, remarks about each other. Um, they um, and, and that leads one into a, a, a sort of a conflict situation. And a lot of times the supporters are pulled in. The leaders step away and the supporters are left behind fighting each other and stuff like that, which is unfortunate. And that is something that we're calling on political parties um, through their leaders to make sure that uh, their supporters also uh, ensure that the elections are, are conducted in a free and fair manner. Even when it comes to the election results, people get very upset when they see the result, Clarence. You know, they, they thought they had all these votes and the people and you get 47, 46 votes and now, no, exactly, yeah. now, now you want to disrupt, now you want to disrupt and that leads to sort of criminal behavior as so well. So you're saying there's, 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 there's rules, uh, are those rules strong enough to disqualify reckless campaigners? Um, yes they are, yes they are. We have a specialist court, it's called the electoral court, it has a status of a high court, so like your supreme court, and it has a number of, of uh, sanctions that can, from a fine, it can disqualify a candidate. It can disqualify a party. It can even go so far as deregistering a political party. Now, as soon as you mm-hmm. deregister, it means you don't exist, which means automatically all your candidates fall away, everything like that. So the Electoral Court does have that. Uh, I recall there was one situation in, in 2016 where, where a candidate made certain derogatory remarks. He refused to withdraw it, and the Electoral Court disqualified him. You won't hear from that person again because he's left in the wilderness. So there is remedies. The other remedy, obviously, is your criminal uh, uh, offences. A lot of these uh, transgressions are criminal offences. Lay the charges at the police station. Give us an example of of, of such a criminal offence as it would manifest in election. Intimidation. Okay. You know, people walk up and say, Clarence, you must sue them off. Right? Off your certificate clear. Whatever, whatever, yeah. So, so typically that would be your most prevalent type of, of offense where, uh, but there we require, you see, the IC can't lay the charge. It must be the individual who experienced because you're the complainant, you're the witness. You need to actually go make a statement at the police station so that they can investigate. I've been in discussions with the, the police, also with Advocate Bell of the prosecuting authority around the fact to make sure that when these charges are laid, we need to actually see action on them. You yeah. know, it's no use people say, yeah, go lay a charge, go lay a charge, but at the end of the day, 
nothing happens. Uh, so it's, it's very important that that uh, should be followed through. And the rules are absolutely clear on what constitutes derogatory, maybe hate speech. Uh, because I, I know that immigrant yeah, 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 word yeah, yeah, is going to yeah, yeah, yeah. creep Look, in. Look, it, it's a, and, and that is why also the, the, the Supreme Court has said, it, leave it to the courts to interpret. Don't, don't, no, no, no. What I'm saying is that they've also said that, you know, this, this concept of uh, a robust debate in the marketplace of ideas. You must allow for that robustness. And no people must, and people must be able to push and push. But there is a limit. And I guess I can guarantee you, Clarence, you know, and I know when I'm stepping over. You may not find it somewhere written, but, you know, based on your own moral senses, you will know when you are now getting to a stage where you're now entering into hate speech. And the discretion is with you to then call exactly. it out of hand, and yes. the arbiter is yes. the court. Yes, the arbiter has to be the court. Um, even our even our right in in the constitution. Remember, you have a right to free speech, but it doesn't include hate speech. Yeah. The constitution is very clear. It's a limitation on that right. You can't then say afterwards, "Oh no, but I was sort of using my my right to free speech." There is no right to hate speech. Okay, so. Let's get into the stuff that we may be a little more familiar with. You, you normally have in place measures to ensure the safety of voters mm. during elections. That's correct. Is, are there any special considerations that come with our time now? Look, uh, firstly, uh, you must also understand the context. Um, you know, the IC doesn't operate in a vacuum. So we have crime as a daily experience for too many people in our country and specifically in our, in, in our province as well. So that is the reality that we need to deal with, that voters deal with. Um, you know, you're too scared to take your kid to school. It will impact on your willingness to go and vote. Um, and therefore, it's important that the IEC works with the with, uh, South African Police Services. We are uh, on, on what they call a prof joint, uh, where together with local law enforcement, we need to make sure that the voting stations are firstly secured, but not only the station, because you create a little A-line key man. How do people get there? is also as important to ensure that there's safety and therefore uh, it, the police make sure that there is high visibility to ensure that you can get there. So it is, it is a challenge for us uh, um, and, and I'd like us to see one day when, when we do a survey, um, because we normally contract the HSRC, where you can actually ask voters, crime, does it impact on your ability to come and vote? as well as your willingness to vote, because people see what's happening around them. Um, and that's going to be an important study, I think, as well, because I think the reality of too many South Africans is that crime uh, prevents them from just living their daily lives without fear. Okay, um, somebody wants to know when we when we're going to the polls. Is it May the 22nd? Um, no, maybe you should call the president, but uh, I believe he, he did promise that he will still hand, give us the date uh, next week. So as, as with the country, uh, IEC is also waiting for the date. Obviously, it is the prerogative of the president. He has uh, between May the 9th and uh, August, the second week of August, to actually have the date. So it's, it's his prerogative. Um, I was I was looking for some body language there when I, when I said May twenty second specifically. I didn't get what I wanted. Uh, may I just add? So so you need to obviously be ready as the IEC for May the ninth if it's anywhere yeah, yeah, from yeah. May the ninth yes. to whenever. We we plan for the earliest possible date. Yeah. Um, and then work on everything else is pazella. Yeah. You know. So you have extra days to doing certain things, but we have to work on the first possible date, and then uh, be ready. Uh, when when that announcement comes, sure. I, I want to talk about intimidation. Who 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 brings 
uh, a case of intimidation or attempted uh, intimidation to you. You obviously want the parties to be uh, to be mindful yeah. of their actions, but also they must be yes. monitoring each other. Yes. Uh, but who brings the case to you? So, so typically what will happen in most cases is it will be a political party that comes to us and say, look, we're aware of this. And we will advise them to say, take your supporter down to the cop shop, go lay the charge. Uh, where, where a situation becomes so endemic that it actually impacts on the freeness of the election, then obviously the IEC itself can step in and go to the electoral court. Uh, but it won't be on a particular isolated type of thing. It will be something where the, the chief electoral officer has to look at in the context of the bigger uh, situation that that is developing, um, that whether we need to step in and go to the electoral court, but primarily it's it's we have to follow the the the, the prosecutorial uh, process of our country. We cannot create another parallel, sure, you know, between us and the cops and prosecutors, and then try and, and say IEC. But you've got to assess the status of the complaint first and foremost. No, no, we do. So we there's do that. a team around you that would do that. There is a team, yeah, um, that, that, that will look at this and then advise them this way or, or that way. So we look at that. And like I said, it depends on that. And then secondly, you, you can have a situation where after the election, you know, if the, if the levels of intimidation were so high and so widespread, and I'm making an example now, mm. you can then make out a case that says that situation materially impacted on the result. Yeah. In, to the extent that you're saying, listen, yeah, we must have a new re election or we must redo it in that voting yeah. station. So there is that possibility, and that would typically be by a political party or a candidate coming to the commission after the election saying, we are making objection material to the result. This is what happened, and they have to make out their case. I am uh, talking to Mr. Michael Hendricks, a Western Cape head of the Electoral Commission of South Africa. We're looking at the importance of election security in a... Uh, it's going to be a, a big one, this one, 2024. And you're welcome, of course, uh, to ask your questions. You can call and speak with Michael Hendricks directly via 021-446-0567, WhatsApp messages on 0725671567. Uh, how can this, it's a message in, um, how can this, I'm going to verbatim it, I'm not even going to try and understand it, maybe you understand it better than I do. How can this electoral process be free and fair in this country where people vote with their heart and not their head? Plus, why must we vote for this lot of career politicians wanting to keep their job? It's a joke. Look, I, I think that is clearly an opinion, and, and that's beautiful, all right, uh, that you can have an opinion about the quality, and again, Clarence, we have over 350 political parties. How many will contest? I don't know. You'll have a couple of thousand of candidates. It is up to you as a voter to go and do some homework and see who are these people. Go yeah. check them out. Go find out. Don't believe their posters. Look at their plans. Don't look at their, you know, their, 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 their catchphrases. Look at what, what, their, what their history is, what, what are they standing for, and do a bit of checking on the, on the character of these individuals because at the end of the day, you need to make up your mind. But simply saying, ah, these are a lot of this. There are a lot of good candidates out there. What, what there are a lot of good people out there. Um, you have to discern who are the ones you want to vote for. You know, there, there, there are some really nice ones out there, refreshing faces out there. But what if none of them appeal to you? What must you stay away from the polls or spoil your, spoil your ballot? You're going to count my spoiled ballot, aren't you? Um, no, we, we, definitely, we definitely make a note of all the spoiled ballots. All right? and, and do you think that could be a political message in itself? I don't know if it will be because it, there's too many reasons why a ballot is spoiled. You can literally have a situation where somebody made a bona fide error and they made their cross so big that it crosses over. So you, it's very difficult for you to make the assumption that every spoiled ballot is a disaffected vote. 
You can't do that um, mm. unless you have. In some countries, they have a little column that says "none of the above," yeah. uh, but we're not there yet. Um, just scribble <laughs> right across it, politicians. Uh. Yes, yes, yes. So, can I can I just read for that listener? Maybe I, w- I want to read a quote here from Octavia Butler, if you don't mind. She's a, a author, American author. She says, "Choose your leaders with wisdom and forethought. To be led by a coward is to be controlled by all those that the coward fears. Mm. To be led by a fool." is to be led by the opportunists who control that fool. To be led by a thief is to offer up your most precious treasures to be stolen. Uh, and, and that really is, comes yeah. down to what I'm saying to the voter. Go out there, check out who are the people. Don't just believe what the poster mm-hmm. says. Don't just believe the logos. Go and see what they're really standing for. Let the, they should actually be asking the voter what are the issues. Too often the candidates are coming and telling people, this is your problem. Mm-hmm. No, man. Turn it around and say, you must listen to me. And I think that is going to be the difference that we want Candidates to Candidates are going to come to you and they're going to say, I'm going to give you a grant. Yeah. Don't believe what they say. Yeah. Now, I wanted to ask you because I think it talks to the kind of challenges that we may or may not see on the election security front. And the question is, how mature is our democracy? I've got a, I, I think there's a lot of water under, under the bridge. We've done time. We've learnt. I think our democracy is maturing. I think it is strong enough to see through uh, greater contestation and the stresses that come with it. No, for sure. No, for sure. And I think, you know, the best part of this election, which is different, is, is the fact that we could have independence now contesting as well. So that's broadening your pool of, of who can stand and, and, and represent you. And I think that is the level of it. Where we are, you know, South Africa and, and the Electoral Commission specifically is rated amongst uh, the top electoral commissions in the world. And I'm not saying that because I work there, but it, it's something that we take pride in to make sure that, yes, there will always be glitches because, as I said at the start, we don't operate in a, in, a, in a vacuum, there's no perfect world out there. So don't it's expect be us to be perfect. But, um, be yeah, but it, it really comes down to how we as the voter allow us to be uh, intimidated. You know, can I just tell you, uh, one of my colleagues, I, I don't know if he's still around, but from the Indian uh, Electoral Commission, and they run the biggest election in the yeah. world now. World. Big election. Um, he used to tell me, Michael, there's, you must, when it comes to election, there's the three M's. It's the mafia, money, and muscle. Those are your three challenges. Uh, mafia relates to people that come and they threaten you. Uh, the muscle are those that want to come and beat you up, and the money is the corruption that goes with it when, when, when people are sort of you know, trying to buy votes and stuff like that. We as South Africa is not there. We are not there. We are a situation where we have that level of election-related violence. Um, ours are crime, and that is, you know, you were speaking earlier on your previous guest about guns and, and things. The fact of the matter is, when it comes to gender-based violence, more women uh, uh, are registered than men. So, uh, when it comes to voting as well, your women are more disproportionately affected by violence and crime than men, because they, they tend to be the victim then. See, so And that may translate into the elections, where are we saying women, we need to make sure that women feel safe to come Absolutely. and vote. Absolutely. It's imperative. Absolutely. Let's take a look at uh, or listen to some of the voice notes in. Uh, this is for you, Michael. Hi, Clarence. Good afternoon. Thank you for your valued time. Yes, in essence, let's not promote sport votes. Let's encourage people to vote properly and to make sure they cross in the block. Yeah, sport votes is actually a wasted vote. It's actually putting someone else in 
charge, if you want to call it that, that shouldn't be there. So every single individual must vote according to their conscience, according to the future of their country, the future of their children, the future of a united South Africa where everybody can be working together for one common purpose, to be united for the country and not for a select few. For what it's worth, my opinion, Eddie, take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you, Eddie. Um, would, would you agree with that? Because I fundamentally disagree with that. There, um, was, a, there, there was a point in, in, yes. in our recent history yes. where I couldn't find affinity yes. with yes. any of the political parties. And spoiling a vote was my frustration with it. This particular year, we have more voices out. And mm. I like the fact mm. that civil society is involved as well. And, and they're really piquing my interest. Um, yeah. No, no, for sure. But like I said earlier on, Clarence, what sort of research do you really do? when you were looking at all those candidates, before you come to the conclusion that says nobody's here, did you actually check out what they're standing I'm for? I'm meticulous like that. No, no. Okay, then, then. But that's good. But that's good because too often we have a situation where we, we actually don't want to take the time to actually find out no, a little sure. bit more. Um, but that is your right. Look, I'm not disputing your right when you get into the ballot pa- uh, box to make your choices. And it's not However, about me. No, 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 no. Um, you can have a situation where you can actually say, this is my candidate. You write the name in of the person and that's your choice but obviously if you want to make sure that you can influence the outcome Clarence at the end of the day you know in life uh, seeking of perfection is yeah. I don't know uh, I, and I you're going to have to make some voting is absconding you, you need to sometimes make a bit of a trade-off you, you know you're not going to always get the perfect candidate or the perfect party with so you make a bit of trade-off sometimes when yeah. you have choices to make so I understand 100% hopefully Hopefully. And, and, you know, our job as the IEC is to sort of lay the table there. You have to come and choose. Um, no, I, I hear uh, what you're saying. Um, and I don't want to go into it. I think we are shaping up to be a really compelling democracy and an example to the rest of the world. Um, and I think uh, more people are stepping up, stepping up and saying, look, we need to be part of the future of this country. And that's exciting. That's exactly where I wanted. But for a very long time in the recent past, um, I didn't have any any hope. And I think given so many lives were lost for this opportunity, I wasn't going to stay away. Um, so that's my, my reasoning. And not just mine. I think no, uh, no. there were other people that shared that reasoning. There's a lot of people out there, and I think that is the, the best part of it, where people are realizing and are stepping up. I think that's also the other thing. A lot of ordinary South Africans are stepping up and saying, I want to be part of the solution, whether they want to form a party, an organization, an NGO, or as an as a independent. They are actually stepping up, which is great because it means also that we have created an environment for people to want to do that and be able to do that. Let's take that seventh. Oh no, that's on, that's another voice, not on a on an unrelated topic. Somebody says, "We, if you don't mind, we'd like to hold you for a few minutes after the news bulletin, if that's okay with you." I see you do have your timekeeper with you. She'll, <laughs> she'll allow me as well. A spoilt vote versus an accurate vote is actually a difference. A spoilt vote versus an accurate vote is actually yeah. a difference is equal to two. Um, okay, that's a uh, thank you, Ian, for 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 your mind. It is eleven thirty. Time for eyewitness news headlines. Natalie Malcha standing by. Thank you, Clarence. Good morning. EFF leader Julius Malema says the party successfully frustrated tribalist attempts to sabotage its election manifesto launch in KwaZulu-Natal. The province is known to be an ANC and IFP stronghold, with some suggesting it would be difficult for other parties to make inroads there. The party has been widely criticized for failing to fill up the 56,000-capacity stadium, while Malema insists the venue was packed to capacity. 
And as the DA prepares to launch its 2024 elections manifesto this weekend, analysts say the official opposition is facing similar challenges to the ANC. The murder trial of a pediatric surgeon, Peter Beale, continues in the Joburg High Court today. The charges against Beale pertain to three children who died after he operated on them. He's accused of reckless conduct and of performing unnecessary surgeries. And the Water and Sanitation Department has confirmed that traces of water lettuce have escaped beyond the current Taibos and Ritzbreit rivers, currently blanketed by the plant. This follows a three-year battle by Val River residents, business owners and environmental organizations lobbying for government to take urgent action in ridding the region of water lettuce. We'll have more on these and other stories at noon or as it happens. EWN Traffic. In the last traffic update from me this morning, there's still that accident on the N1 inbound on-ramp to Durban Road. Please be careful if you are travelling in that part of the city and it's likely to cause some delays on your travel time. A reminder, faulty traffic lights on Bloberg Rise at the R27 and Porterfield Road in the CBD at Wales Street and Bree Street and in Kraifontein at Brighton Road and Clipping. Please treat those as four-way stops. Natalie Malchas, I witness. Everything you need to know about elections 2024 on Cape Talk. Join the conversation. Talking elections, but talking mechanics today, not talking politics. And talking that mechanics with Mr. Michael Hendricks, Western Cape head of the Electoral Commission of South Africa. If you have comments to make, you're welcome on 0725671567. That's a WhatsApp number. In a short while, Cameron Ward and Darren English join me in the studio as well. One of the messages in... In my opinion, I don't always believe in voting for what's right or wrong in a political party, but I vote for which party can actually make the most positive change and has the largest majority of the parties which can make a positive change in our country. If you vote for the ruling party or smaller parties, you're not voting for change. Uh, I know where you're pitching. I know where you're pitching. And it's your right, Trevor. It's your right to be loud and, 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 and proud uh, about it. Um, it's going to be an interesting election. There are independents there as yeah. as well. It's going to make your job a little more difficult, won't it? Uh, no. Oh. No, 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 no. Look, I, I think um, independent is just like any other contestant. So yeah. if there's going to be a ballot paper, uh, you'll have the names of the party, and then you'll have the name of an independent as well. So they'll occupy the same space on the on the ballot paper. So um, I, I think it, it's... it's um, remember, we've always had independence at local government. Yeah. Ward level, they've always been independent contestants. So it doesn't really make it more difficult for us. The the challenge is the, the, the size of the ballot paper. Um, you know, we have a ballot paper which is a standard size. It's extra long. Um, and you may have a situation, given the, the number of participants... You may have to have a parallel ballot paper. In other words, one ballot paper with two columns um, running down on either side, um, just so that uh, we can fit everybody in. Did you have a voice note there as well, Joe? I think let's wrap up with that voice note as well. Um, let's take a listen. Okay, Eddie. Well, this was Ed. And my opinion and my practice for the last few elections in order for me to do the only thing which my conscience permits me is, in fact, to deliberately spoil my ballot. And it's not a wasted vote. It is a clear message to the government that you do not have faith in the system. 
and once the system is changed to be more directly representative of the electorate, you will participate. Just my opinion. Yeah, um, and I think it's been expressed by me, but it's good to know other people think like me as well. But that's a season. I'm in a completely different season. What I'm not going to do is is stay away from, from the poll. Absolutely not. No, I think that's, that's great, Clarence, and I think... At the end of the day, it's your opinion that matters. Yeah. All right, we have opinions on social media and parties. But at the end of the day, just like Ed, you have your opinion and you can make it. Um, I always say that, um, you know, you have your opinion. Um, you know what you can do with your opinion. You can take it and shove it in the ballot box. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Maybe a good place to end. But again, just if I am threatened in my need, want, um, desire to exercise my democratic right, what do I do? If you are threatened, go to the police station. Call them. Uh, yes, call them. Go to the police station. Lay a charge. Identify the perpetrator. Um, and the police will investigate. We are monitoring um, all the charges that are being laid so that we can go back to the cops and say, how far are you with investigating that particular matter um, as well? Because it's serious. We, we cannot allow our democracy to be undermined by criminals. And, and John has sent me a picture of the national ballot paper, actually. It's a very, very long list. <laughs> People are going to spend a long time in that polling booth trying to find uh, their party or their candidate. Thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank we you, know Clarence. You can uh, we can always uh, count on Mr. Michael Hendricks uh, to take our calls. He is the Western Cape head of the Electoral Commission of South Africa. It's time for some music as we get closer to 12.